Anybody? Excuse me. Excuse me. We have an emergency. Our friend is hurt and we need help. Oh. oh my God. What's wrong with him? He's dead. That's what's wrong with him. He's the gun. Oh, God. Harry's gun. And welcome to the Ancient Slumber Podcast, show number 27. My name is Chris Ward, and joining me for a chat is Myron Schmidt. How you doing, Myron? Doing good, Chris. How are you? I'm all right, I'm all right. Uh, your face is a little paralyzed that end, I believe? Yes, yes it is. So if I sound like a weirdo, uh, I apologize. You do sound like Rich Hall. It's really weird. <laughs> well, I hope that's good. <laughs> it is good. I saw him live last year. He was very good. Well, good. I'll take that sort of as a compliment, mate. I'll have to uh, send you a link to some of his songs. You'll have to learn them and see if you sound like it. <laughs> you do without, listen. Without the uh, British accent, of course. Well, he is American. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of them Americans that's been over here a long time. So Anyway. Ah, right then. Show 27. We're on the second part of our Romero. Uh, what do we call it? A... What's the word? Discography? Filmography? Filmography, there you go. Retrospective? Retrospective, yes. So last time we looked at the original groundbreaking trilogy, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. Yes, we did. We did. So now we're looking at the second trilogy, Land of the Dead, Die of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. Yes, sir. It's going to be interesting because these were all first-time watches for you. Yes, yes. I thought I had seen Diary of the Dead, but in fact I watched Zombie Diaries. Yeah, uh, okay, well, we might mention that when we get to it. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, okay, before we do that, um, have you bought anything recently? I have. What we've been buying, what we've been buying. Picked up the Black Coat's Daughter, or as you know it, February, which is 
circling the top two or three for me currently right now. Okay. I know you, you lot got it released last year, but we, it just came out here and it just, I, I love that film. God, dog it, that's a good film. Okay. Uh, not one I've seen. You haven't seen February yet? No. Well, I think you might like it. Oh, well, I'm just going to quickly look it up, actually, because... Yeah, look it up. I, I really, I genuinely think that you would like this one. Ah, Black Coat's Daughter Goes. Oh, okay. Directed by Oz Perkins. Two girls, Battle of Mysterio Force. Is it Line of Horses? Okay, yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, you should, you should uh, check your pound shop. Oh, it's one of them, is it? <laughs> uh, no, 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 I don't think so. I'm just, you know, that was a generic term for... I should have said you should check uh, Asda, be a better term. Oh, right, okay. Well, Asda's a bit of a drive for me. Yeah, I mean, I got mine at Walmart, so... Okay, actually, I've just looked on Amazon, and I don't... It doesn't look like it got a UK release. Really? Yeah, there is a Region 2 disc available, but I believe it's European, looking at the box. I could have sworn you guys had a release. Yeah, there's no UK release. Well, kicked me in the nuts. I thought it was... Uh, I thought uh, you guys had a release. No, it's an uh, import from the Netherlands with an English soundtrack. So you can get it. Uh, it's 15 quid. Interesting. Oh, I don't think I'm going to pay that for it. <laughs> also picked up John Wick 2. Okay, I haven't seen any of them. Yep, and Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them. Uh, I'm seen that. You're an action guy. Well, it's a Harry Potter movie, so, you know, you either have to, you're going to like it or... I think my missus has got it, but I wouldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, in terms of John Wick and John Wick 2, mm-hmm. you're an action guy. You yeah. need to get on those. You you need to get on those. Kelly Reeves, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's sort of putting me off. Uh, don't, seriously, don't let it. Okay. It, it's, it, it's not... It, it, <laughs> He actually acts in these movies, and maybe he was born just to play the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger type of action hero, but they're both really, really, really good. I mean, not as good as The Raid, but I'll tell you what, they're they're up there with it. Okay, uh, that's the sort of thing. Are they on any streaming services, do you know? I don't suppose you'd know about UK Netflix, would you? I don't know. Okay, I'll keep an eye out. That's the sort of thing, if I see it on a streaming service, I'll probably pick it up and have a look. Yeah, I... Trust me, you will not be disappointed. I, th- I think the first one is a little better than the second one. Yeah. But uh, the second one is wall-to-wall carnage. Okay. I will add them to list. Literally wall-to-wall carnage. I put off watching Jack Reacher for ages because I thought I wouldn't like it, and then I did watch it. Ah, and right. I loved it. So. <laughs> I, if you like Jack Reacher, although I haven't seen it, but based on your description, I think you'll really, really like these. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I should keep an eye out for those then. Anything else? Nope, nope. What about you? Um, I bought the Steelbook Blu-ray of Amityville Horror. The original or the remake? The original. Ah. Came out last week here via Second Sight Films. Um, my full written review is on Flickering Myth right now. But um, yeah, it's a really nice looking Steelbook with a sort of red uh, shiny front on it, with the silhouette of the house, which is cool. You know, you know what? I think Blue posted a photo of her buying that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, saying she just got a Blu-ray player. That's it, yeah, 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 because she bought that, because I tweeted when I was writing my review, and then she said, oh, well, like that film, and so I sent her the link to it, and she bought it. We've, I mean, we've covered it on here before, so um, my opinion of it hasn't changed. It's one of them, it's a great nostalgic film, and you can see its influence on sort of the James Wan films of today, but uh, sure, it's yeah. not a great film in itself. It's quite slow, 
and I think it, it hangs on its lead actors a bit too much. But um, the extras are really good, and one of the extras is the Miamityville horror documentary. Really? Yes, it's wow. in, the, in the special features. Hey, that's cool. That is cool. I mean, I have the DVD, but I, I don't think there was even a Blu-ray release over here. No, because Arrow put it out over here on DVD a couple of years ago. Okay. And okay. I, I never picked it up. I've got a review copy somewhere, but I never actually picked it up. And then, um, yeah, it's bought this Blu-ray, and it's in the special features. So uh, that's pretty cool. Do they have, uh, I hate to ask this stupid question, but do they have special features for the uh, My Amityville? No, 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 no. Okay. No, it's just just the documentary. Yeah, so with the inclusion of that, it makes the sort of the whole package feel like it's um, what's the word? Complete. Like a complete package, you know. Yep. Yep. Which, yep. Which is pretty cool. So um, I am. I would like to push for Blu-ray releases of the remake and Amityville Two because we haven't got either of those over here. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you know my love for Amityville Two because I know you hate it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need a Blu-ray of it. I want to see oh. Burt Young and who's the priest guy? James Olsen. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, James Olsen falling down with the bugs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And the <laughs> lad turning into a, like a rubber-faced exorcist ripoff. Brilliant. Oh, goodness gravy. Love that film. But yeah, but yeah. so I've uh, got Amity Horror on Blu-ray Steelbook. Uh, nice. Can't think of anything else I've bought. I don't I haven't bought much, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. No, I've got some stuff coming up, though, in uh, over the next month, because Logan's out here next week. Ah, okay. Actually, I I did buy Logan. I don't know if I mentioned that last time. I do yeah, have that did, one yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's out here next week, so I've pre-ordered that. Uh, Kong Skull Island's out here in about three weeks' time on Blu-ray. I can actually get a digital copy right now if I wanted to. Ah. It, it's um, uh, Voodoo over here, uh, Walmart. Yeah, they will actually um, put out digital copies uh, sometimes two and three weeks before the uh, physical media comes out. Okay, um, is is there a difference in the quality of the digital copy to a Blu-ray? Um, you can buy the SD, which is in what 480, or you can actually buy the HDX, which is uh, 1080 DPI. Yeah, so right. if you get if you get the 1080, it's very comparable to a Blu-ray. If you've got you know an, a, a you know, not a little square TV Good or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Or something like a big iPad or like an iPad or something that'll really pop. Yeah, because that's Kong Skull Island's a film you need to see in proper HD. Yes, yes. Absolutely. It, 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 I know I'll, I'll take some flack for this, but I actually enjoy the CGI crap fest that is Doctor Strange. I haven't seen and, it. And when I bought that one, I got the um, 480. Instead of the, the or the whatever it is, instead of the uh, HDX, and you can't tell. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's I didn't think it would be as noticeable, but it's it's fairly noticeable on movies like that. It's quite surprising, yeah. The amount of detail and depth perception and all that it does change. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So uh, nothing else. Nope. Nope. Nothing else. Cool. Should we move on to some good, bad, and ugly? Yes. Let's do that. Right then, give us your good. So I, I subscribe to uh, Shutter US over here, and I, I I'm a big fan. I love it. I watched uh, a Shutter exclusive called uh, The Treatment. Okay. That I that I thought was very good. It's a Belgium film. It's a uh, you know 
horror serial killer type of uh, drama. But it was well done. I reading uh, the uh, subtitles didn't take away from it. It was very, very creepy and dark. And it it, uh, it, it was really good. I, I was surprised how good it was. Is that the child abuse one? Yes. Ah, I'm dying to see that. Is it on Shudder? Yes. Well, or, I think it's an exclusive, so you guys should have access to it too. Okay, I'm going to look that one up. That's been on my uh, watch list for a long time, a DVD to pick up. Somebody recommended it to me. Really? Yeah. Well, then I will not say anything, and, and I'll be curious uh, of your thoughts at the of the ending. Oh, okay. If that's on Shudder UK, I might watch that tonight then, once we've done this. I shall look that one up. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it was it was really good. I, I, I just kind of, okay, I'll just watch this one. And it was like, whoa, okay, yeah. It was very, very, very creepy. They showed enough to get the picture across. Yeah. It was not salacious or over the top, but it just made it like, oh, God, that's, oh, forget it. No, I don't, you know, it, it'll make your skin crawl. At least it did mine. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've heard lots of good things about it. So, uh, yeah. So I'm trying to find it on here. It's not coming up on UK one on here. Oh, man. Shutter exclusive. Blah, 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 blah. Well, they've still got 31 on there. Oh. No, it's not on the UK by the looks of it. That's bollocks. Oh, well, that's just shite. That's bollocks, that is. Oh, well, maybe they maybe they will. I'll get onto them on Twitter. I, uh, I just kind Cause of. Because I'm so influential. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just kind of assumed when it had um, exclusive that it was just kind of a shutter everywhere kind of thing. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes they do do different US and UK ones, but maybe it's just a case of time and they'll put it on the. U- I think you may get things like that a little bit before us anyway. So ah, okay, okay. I'll keep an eye out for that one, but I may just message them on Twitter and see if it's going to be pos- a possibility. Cool. Ah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll like that one. Excellent. Yes, yes. I've been looking forward to seeing that one. So good. Okay. Uh, my good is oh, it's an easy one. This one, everyone loves this. It's Kickboxer. Ah. Yes, that, it, yeah, you cannot go wrong with that. Yeah, it was Father's Day over here a couple of weeks ago, and my son got me the Kickboxer collection on Blu-ray. Nice. So I got the original Van Damme and the um, the new version that's got Van Damme in it as the trainer. Gotcha. But um, gotcha. that's not very good. But the original Kickboxer is, it's just fucking brilliant. Is that the movie where, um, yeah, that's where Van Damme fights drunk in a bar, right? Yeah, yeah, and he starts dancing. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. It's got uh, what? It's Bo- is it? It's not Bolo Young. It's the it's the uh, other no. That's Bloodsport. You're thinking of um, yeah. Tong Po. Yeah, this is the Tong Po movie, right? Tong Po. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It. No it, matter how many times I've seen it, I must have seen it at least fifty times since it first came out, and it never gets boring. No, no, it doesn't. It's one of those that when it's on TV, I'll watch it, even though I've seen it about fifty times. That's it. Yeah, and it does look pretty good on Blu-ray as well. Surprising, actually. Oh, I, I bet it is. Any any good special features? No, there's no special features on it. It's bare bones. Oh. Which is a shame. But uh, Yeah, that is a shame. But no, yeah, yeah, just great film, great fighting film that doesn't seem to uh, age at all, really. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's just a classic 80s movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of those that came out in the wake of Rocky Four, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And as we know, that is the greatest film ever made. So... <laughs> <laughs> gonna copy copy the best <laughs> oh Rocky 4 what a movie oh, you know I think we should end up doing them one day <laughs> I know they're mainstream films but fuck it let's do it 
uh, we can do whatever we want, can't we? We can. We're not we're not tied to anybody. We don't have sponsors to satisfy. Nope. Who the the fucking sponsor this? (laughs) Exactly. And we always have that little cult tagline, so, you know. Oh, yeah, we're not just horror. We can do what we want. Yeah, we can. We can do whatever we want. We could even talk about the movie Doctor Strange if we wanted to. Although we won't, but we could. (laughs) We could, but we don't want to. (laughs) Exactly. There are enough people covering Marvel films out there. Just, Just because we can doesn't mean we should. Exactly. And that's a good motto to live by. Speaking of Marvel movies and DC movies, have you listened to the newest Strange and Deadly update? Uh, I haven't listened to the update yet. It is on my iPod, but I get the gist of what's going on by everybody's um, messages. I uh, I am very, very excited and thrilled for Tom and Chris to be doing something like that. I know they'll get back to Strange and Deadly, but to be honest, I can't wait to hear them talk about uh, Marvel movie and hopefully some comics. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I knew they'd do something like that eventually. Anyway, they always yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about that sort yep. of stuff anyway. So it'd yep. uh, be great. Yep. Another subject for us to contact them and tell them they're wrong about. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Even if they're right, I'll just tell them they're wrong. Just to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Well, they expect it from us. Exactly. Exactly. No, good, good on them. Good on them. Exactly. Nonetheless, I am absolutely thrilled for those two those two guys i love the strange i love those guys i love the strange and deadly show personally and uh i, I couldn't be happier yeah fantastic fantastic always nice to hear them on the air whatever they're talking about really exactly exactly i think i think if if you get to a point where you need to take a break because maybe the passion's not there for the subject matter or anything like that then it does you good yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather yeah. they went away and came back with the rest of the Strange and Deadly stuff later on when they're a bit more fired up for it, rather than just hearing yep. them go through the motions. It's, uh, and I mean, let's be honest, that Section 3 list is tough. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know lots of people who've covered all the video nasties in various forms, you know, podcasts and written stuff and whatever. It's one of those things where you look at it at the beginning, you think, yeah, that'd be a brilliant idea. And you get halfway into it, and you think, why the fuck did I do this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... And that, you know, the prosecuted list is bad enough, but that section three list has got the the shit of the shit. Oh, my God, is it horrible. Well, the trouble is, uh, as we've said before, when you've got films like Night of the Living Dead and uh, Dawn of the Dead and all these sorts of films on there that up the quality of the list, perhaps, but everybody's spoken about them already. So there's nothing you can add to that conversation. Right. And, and then exactly. the other films that aren't, up with that level of quality are shit and nobody wants to talk about them anyway so <laughs> you're sort of damned if you do damned if you don't really yep, but, yep, um, yep. yeah it's always great to bring a, a fresh perspective and say if you're not fired up for it then take a break and come back to it when you are yeah exactly 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 fantastic right then move on something bad for us so i went on a uh brad anderson kick lately no one's ever said that in their life probably I, I did not. People have said Brad Anderson and Kick in the same sentence, but not in the way <laughs> you just said it. I, I loved Session 9. I know you do. I, I heard your feedback on, on Duncan's show. I, I don't. Yeah, exactly. I love that movie. So, anyways, I'm reusing due to my lack of movie watching, and the bad one is uh, the Halle Berry film The Call. Okay, I haven't seen that. Uh, don't. Okay. It's... I mean, it is what it is. You watch it, you eat popcorn, but, you know, it's just, 
even the ending is not that satisfying. I mean, yeah, it's a revenge ending. Okay, we get it, but it's it's so far out in left field. It's just just now forget no. about it. Um, I'm not that versed in Brad Anderson, if I'm honest. I've seen Session 9. Yes. And I don't like it. I'll be straight up. I just don't like it. But I did like Trans-Siberian. That was good. Yeah, I do like that one. That is a really good one. I, I really like that one. I, I, I will. I wasn't impressed with Woody Harrelson, though, but I really, I really enjoyed that Trans-Siberian. No, I thought he was fine in it. I haven't seen The Machinist. I have got it somewhere, but I've never watched it. Um... I I think you might like it. Yeah, but they're about the only three films that I've seen of his, or, or I know of of his. Uh, the Machinist is a, is personally a step down from the Jacket in terms of the lead actor. Yeah. Oh no, no different actor. Never mind. I'm shutting up. Okay. The Jacket is Adrian Brody, and this is Kristen Bale. Oh, much of a muchness, really, isn't it? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather Christian Bale than Adrian Brody, but uh, only just. <laughs> um it you know what it it wasn't it wasn't bad but it you know it wasn't uh wasn't stupendous it's not like i i love that movie. i liked it i enjoyed it i'm glad i watched it that's yeah. about it okay all right so but the call's not very good no i would skip that one okie dokie i will Tr- trust a, a few minutes in and you'll be like okay i know where the movie's gonna go i know about how it's gonna end do i really want to invest the time to get there yeah, are they going to make me want to stay with it or not? Yeah, I, I mean, and that's the truth. You you watch the the start of the movie, you go, okay, got it. I know where it's going to end. Got it. Uh, do I want to get there? Yeah. See, the fact that Halle Berry's in it just puts me off for a start, anyway. I, you know, she's not bad. I mean, it's, but yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. All right, take a hard pass. Okie dokie, I will. Right then, my bad is Return to House on Haunted Hill. Really? Yes. What? Why is that bad? Because it's shit. All right. How about something a little more uh, elaborate on its shitness? Okay. Um, I quite like the remake of House on Haunted Hill, the one with yes. Jeffrey Rush. Uh, it's not yes. brilliant, but I quite enjoy. It. I like. I love the original. Yep. Yep. And I think with the remake, at least they tried. They tried to capture some of that again, and and some of it worked, and it's quite enjoyable. This sequel, which came about seven or eight years later, I think. Why? You've got Jeffrey Combs in it, and he's in, he's in the, the the remake. He's in this one. Again, he doesn't say anything. If you look at the remake of House on Haunted Hill, there was that subplot of the whole Jeffrey Combs character, and, you know, the mad, he's the source of the evil and the mad doctor and all that sort of stuff. And this yeah. this sequel is, you can tell it's supposed to capitalise on that and sort of tell that story, and it never yep. does. It never does. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, it's only 77 minutes long. There's lots of... Uh, nudity and violence in it which is normally two very big selling points for me right but you're watching it thinking why is she taking her clothes off she doesn't need to i'm glad she Wait, did ha- but uh, i'm ha- you know. hang on hang on okay all right i was just gonna say now let's not get blasphemous here <laughs> we don't question those things no 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 it's like i said i'm, I'm glad she did it um yep. because it livened the film up a bit but then in the next scene there's just something else happening and none of it relates to anything it's gorier than the House on Haunted Hill, but again, it doesn't need to be because there's no story element to it. When you can see that the idea of it is you're exploring this story about this mad doctor character, but it just doesn't. It's people turn up to the house again, more people walk around, more people get killed. That's oh, okay. it. Okay, I, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. And it's just, nah, it's crap. 
had it come out maybe in sort of a year after the remake and you know in 2001 2002 and you look at it it was it, it feels like one of those types of films but it came out in 2007 you know Saw right, was halfway right. through its cycle by this time and it, it did the whole sort of gory torture porn thing a lot better gotcha Gotcha. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to compete with the Saw films, but they're also trying to compete with the Scream audience, and they're just not getting it right at all. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, for whatever reason, when you when you made that remark about the sex scene, all I thought about that came to my mind was the Ninja Three domination. Is that the <laughs> one with the? Is that the one with the Brillo pad and the Coke? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. But- Oh, but I'll glad I'll take that over. Return to House on Haunted <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for gratuitous nudity. Absolutely love it. But when that is all you've got in a film that's potentially got a good story to it, it's yeah, wasted opportunity. <laughs> you know, I could I could oh. YouTube them clips of bare breasts and bums going up and down, and that's fine. So I don't need to spend a whole hour and a half or whatever watching it. Uh, yes. Uh, not that I've ever needed an hour and a half, anyway. Just a couple of minutes to do me. But there you go. Yeah. Wow, does it last that long? Well, I've got to take my jeans off and stuff. <laughs> Fold them nicely, put them on the chair, that sort of thing. <laughs> got it. <laughs> got it. Right, what's your ugly? <laughs> Another uh, Brad Anderson one. This one is called uh, Vanishing on 7th. I think it's Street or Avenue. I can't remember. Seven Street. Seven Street. Yeah. Um, the ending of the movie did it. It it had a great build up. It was awesome. Had you know shadow people and people disappearing and melting out of their clothes. Um, but but the ending, uh, like I said before, I compared it to the ending in uh that Marky Mark fiasco called The Happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, when you go, no, what was no, the point no, no. of all that? Yeah, yeah. Even worse, I, even worse than the Marky Mark fiasco. Um, this one just came to mind is the, is the horrific Nicolas Cage, the knowing. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Oh, when terrible. Oh, it's called the knowing, but nobody actually knew. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Least of all the writer. Yeah. And this ending is on par with those endings where it's just like, the fuck are you doing? Things happen and then it just sort of ends and you go, what the fuck was that all about then? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, too many of them around, isn't there? Yep, the director decided, uh, well, let me just phone the ending in and we'll be good. Yeah, and they think they're being arty and clever and mysterious and yeah. you're not, your budget yep. ran out or your writer didn't do an ending and you don't know what to do. That's basically right. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okie dokie. And it made it really disappointing because up until that point, it was very, very good. But then you, the, it starts to get worse and worse, and you're like, oh, come on, guys, you can do it. But, yeah. What about you? What about you? Go on with another one. Mine is a film, yeah, it's got a different title in the U.S. In the U.K., it's called Snowtown. Is it the Snowtown Murders? Yes. In Australia? Yes. Okay, yeah. Here, here it's called the Snowtown Murders. Yeah, over here it's just called Snowtown. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter tweet about this. Um, they were talking, there's a film coming out this year from Australia and I forget what it's called. And this person had seen it and they tweeted, uh, the best Australian horror film since Snowtown. And I thought, well, what's Snowtown? I haven't heard of that. So I looked it up. Uh, it was very cheap on Amazon. <laughs> so I bought it on DVD. Uh, oh, thought, I'm sorry. I thought it was great. Really? I thought it was a great film, but I'm putting it in ugly because it's not an easy film to watch. 
In what way? It's very comparable to Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yes. Yeah, it's just a film that's it's disturbing, it's grotty, it's grimy, it's full of horrible characters, but the story is so engrossing, it just kept me there. But yeah, I put it in ugly basically because it, it's a very grimy film to watch. Ah, okay. Gotcha. So that's why I put it in there. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I did like it. It it ends about twenty minutes before the actual film finishes, which is a shame. Because it, it it sort of builds to a crescendo, and then you get this sort of ending. Ah, oh, okay. And then there's about another twenty minutes to go where they're sort of wrapping things up. It, it's almost like they should have uh, uh, done an epilogue. Because yeah, I, I'm thinking back now, and I I, I kind of know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. If Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is your type of film, or Deranged, or any of those type of really grimy serial killer type films, then yes. you'll have a good time with Snowtown. It is a really really good watch. But it's it's just not a pleasant film to watch. Very uncomfortable in places. I, I watched a, a serial killer movie called uh, Children of Sorrow. Okay, and it was a, it. Well, you won't. It's a found footage, um, and it's. I loved absolutely loved the story. Story was was top flight. Uh, the execution of the movie was was actually pretty good. Um, I I kind of wished. And I hate to say this about actors and actresses because, I mean, they work hard, but the actor just didn't capture the essence of evil uh, that he should have right. or could have or, or they should have. Um, this one has got a very, very kind of almost Poughkeepsie tapes vibe, but not it's certainly not in that league. OK, um, but it, it was uh, it was decent. And I'll go back to your comment about gratuitous uh, nudity. Um, so this one had uh, the lead character was uh, running around his office naked, shutting his uh, member in uh, desk drawers. Well, we've all done it. Well, have we? Okay, maybe we haven't. <laughs> uh, that kind of gratuitous nudity, I can, you know, <laughs> I, can, I could do without. I could do without the floppy cocks being shut in desk drawers. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with missing that, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of gratuitous nudity in Snowtown, but, um, and it is male nudity as well. It does sort of yeah. feed, feed into the early part of the story, though, so, uh, you can it, see it, what, see it, what's there. Oh, oh god, it absolutely does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How, how do you, how do you compare Snowtown to Eden Lake? Um, yeah, I see what you're getting at. Um, it's very much the same kind of style cast of characters, just in different settings. Yeah, I mean, I suppose every country's got that sort of group, social group, what you would call rednecks, we would call chavs, that type of thing. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I suppose Australia's no different, so yeah, I get that. Yeah, I guess every country's got them, so. Yeah, but I spec on Snowtown, they're, they're obviously going for a realism vibe in the way that it's shot and the way that it's filmed. Yes. Rather yeah. than Eden Lake, which is obviously staged. So. Yes. Yeah, I suppose Snowtown's a bit harder hitting on that level. Well, I mean, it's a true story too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, the guy who plays the main serial killer—I can't remember the actor's name—but um, yeah, he's really, really good. He manages to be unsettling without actually doing much. Right. Yeah. Right. He's got that perfect appearance to play that character. Yeah, because he he looks perfectly like an everyday normal sort of guy, which I suppose a lot of serial killers do look like. <laughs> which is sort, of, sort of the point, really. But, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a great film. It's is a really, really good film. But yeah, very ugly, very disturbing, very, uh, very grimy and grubby, and you feel like you need to have a shower afterwards, <laughs> or even during. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything else then? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Should we move on to our main features? Let's do it. Let's play a trailer for Land of the Dead. The world as we know it. They must be destroyed. Is no more. Cities are under siege. The land of the living has become. Feeding on human flesh. The land of the dead. If these creatures ever develop the power to think, to reason, we're all dead. In one last outpost. It was my ingenuity that took an old world and made it into something new. We have survived. Rivers protect us on two sides. I put up the fences to make it safe. And these fences go all the way across? Both ways. But if the living can adapt... Things are changing. These guys are not just walking. So can the dead. It's like they're pretending to be alive. They're mindless walking corpses. They'll never get across the river. Toward the city. There's nothing there, man. They're communicating. They're thinking. Ah! We're going back to see if we can help. Trouble. In a world where the dead are returning to life, the word trouble loses much of its meaning. We're running out of time. George A. Romero's Land of the Dead. Zombies, man. They creep me out. Right then. Land of the Dead 2005. Exactly. Oh, yes. Directed by George A. Romero. Starring Simon Baker, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper, Azure Argento, Robert Joy and Eugene Clark. And a special appearance from Tom Savini. Yes. <laughs> of course. Right. Oh, I love Tom Savini. Synopsis? You got one or shall I do it? Uh, why don't you do it? I'll do it. The living dead have taken over the world and the last humans live in a walled city to protect themselves as they come to grips with the situation. Ooh. Exactly. Ooh is right. Right. This is your first watch. I saw this in the cinema when it came out. You did? I did. And I think it was either this or diary there was only me in there okay or both <laughs> no one of them there was one other person in there actually no okay. it may be this one it may be this there was me and one other person in there okay yeah this came out around the same time as the dawn of the dead remake over here okay and Shaun of the dead as well so they were all sort of hit around the same within a year of each other gotcha so and i think land of the dead got a little bit lost i i, I bet this one was uh really Quite good on the big screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. When the opening credit, you got the old Stole Universal logo started up. Yeah, And then, yep. and then it went into that whole sort of, it gives, you, it gives you a bit of exposition over the credits with a bit of backstory, with news yep, reports yep. and that type of thing. And it was really sort of dark and grimy, very much like the films of the day, but still tapping into what Romero did on Day of the Dead. So, yep, yeah, yep. love that. Fantastic. Really stoked for it. And then the film started properly. Yes. And over to you. What did you think? 
the first thing I noticed about this was a, in my mind, a big tonal change from Day of the Dead to uh, Land of the Dead. Yeah. I, Day of the Dead was kind of almost that that end of the 80s goofiness. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Kind of that over the top. Act. I still don't get how you think Day of the Dead's goofy. <laughs> But with this one just went right into the into the 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 dark atmospheric um more straightforward kind of of moves and I really enjoyed this one. I okay. mean, I really really liked this one. It was yeah, you know the whole cast classed poor versus rich. You know, that that was okay, but what I found the most fascinating part of this movie was the fact that in the midst of the apocalypse a group of people placed that much emphasis on money. I thought yeah. that was just, at, you know, the, they're worried about money. And I'm like, what money? Who the hell cares? But I thought that was really, really, I, I loved, I loved that aspect of the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's worth saying that Romero wrote this with the whole Bush administration in mind. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can absolutely tell that. And ironically, I think since trump's come to power it's probably even more relevant yes it absolutely is yeah i get more of a trump vibe from dennis hopper's character than i do a bush vibe oh god i I mean absolutely are you kidding me yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah in that respect i guess romero was uh pretty much on the nose he still had that sort of biting satire edge to him yep 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 And, and i loved that that super, that super camper that they were in. What do, what do they call it? Dead uh, Reckoning. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the original title of the film. Ah, okay, okay. But I absolutely love the name that they named this, uh, this super weapon, if you will. Okay. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I thought the acting was great. I loved John Leguizamo in that. Mm-hmm. He, I think he did a absolutely fantastic job. Um, all the characters I thought did really well. I mean, this is a it's a well acted, well put together film in my mind. Okay, right. So you like it then? Yeah. Okay. Let me put my oh. bit in then. Oh God, you're gonna hate it. I like this film. Well, that was said with trepidation, but I don't love it. Really? I've got niggles. I, I am. I am. I am in shock. Yeah, I've got niggles with this. Someone film. get my heart pills. Really? Yeah, I like this film. I like the fact that it's. It is pretty much a straightforward zombie film. Yes. Um, I think what hampers it is the fact that it came out, like I said, around the time of Dawn of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead. Um, Shaun of the Dead obviously was more mainstream and lots of people picked up on it. And Dawn of the Dead was, again, people suddenly flocked onto zombie films and that did really well. And I think Land of the Dead got slightly forgotten. It is worth mentioning that this is a studio film and this is the only one of the series that is a studio film. It, it really yes romero famously doesn't work within the the, uh, the hollywood system well very often anyway and i get the imp- i think i would be right in saying that his initial budget got slashed on this like it did on day of the dead as well so yeah so that's why this film looks quite glossy compared to the rest it is it is the most polished of all of his movies yeah it's a studio product it's universal who funded this one so uh, does that detract for you no, not really, because I think the material's fairly strong. I think it's strong enough to get it through. And I think if this had been made by an up-and-coming filmmaker, 
or anybody who wasn't George Romero, I'd maybe write it higher. I think the fact that it comes off the back of Dawn and Day, I just don't think it's quite there. I don't know why. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I like it. Feels. I think maybe it does feel a little bit mainstream compared to the others. The CGI effects don't really help. Yeah. I I can get that. I, I understand that. I think when this film is good, it is very good. Uh, like you said, Leguizamo is good in this. Um, I like his character. Simon Baker as the lead, I think, is fucking terrible. I think he's bland. He's boring. I don't think he quite knows what he's doing. I think with these films, you've got either got to really underplay it or you've got to really overplay it. There's no middle ground. Right, right. Like, like with Day of the Dead, you know, Joe Pilato goes for absolutely goes for broke, whereas the lead actress in that, she really underplays it and it works for her character. And that works for that film. And I think in this film, Leguizamo goes for over the top and that gets away with it. Dennis Hopper goes for over the top, gets away with it. Azure Argento underplays it. And as such, she's still a formidable presence. Yeah. I yep. don't know what Simon Baker's doing there. He doesn't fit. It's it, even the, even the young lady who played, um, um, the technician, the blonde technician, uh, in the, in Dead Reckoning. Yeah. I don't remember what her name, uh, Tough girl or pony girl or I I don't know what it was. Yeah, I know uh, the character. Yeah, she, I, personally, I thought she was better than the main character. That it, yes. sadly, this is I, I absolutely agree with you that he was um he should have been a bit more John, yeah. John Leguizamo. Yeah, you've you've either got to play that hero lead over the top or you've got to be the strong silent type, but you can't be the one with all the dialogue but deliver it blandly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Robert Joy's character of Charlie was great. You know, his friend who was the sharpshooter. Yes, yes. I really liked his character. I, well, I, oh, that was awesome. Yeah. I loved that. He was really good. I'd rather have seen him and John Leguizamo pair up rather than him with Simon Baker. <laughs> that would have been more fun. What did you think of Big Daddy, the main zombie? Um, Because you weren't a fan of Bub in Day of the Dead, were you? Not, not particularly. I almost viewed him, although it's it's not really comparable. But I almost viewed him as uh, what do they call that? Uh, Deus Ex Machina, or whatever it's called. You know that that machine or that that godlike force that instantly resolves a problem in the movie. Oh, no, Ex, ex Machina. Yeah, I almost kind of I almost kind of viewed him like that. That okay, we've got to get zombies here. And we've only got so much time to do it. Well, let's just do this. That's kind of how I viewed him. I, I thought everything else going around was uh, pretty decent, so mm. it didn't really affect it for me. What about you? See, I was okay with Bub in Day of the Dead. And there's something about Big Daddy. I just, I don't know. I get what you're saying. Yeah, they need to get the zombies from this place to this place. Right. How right. are they going to do it? Because I love the opening scenes of when the guys are out looting the towns and it's dark and you've got the zombies wandering around and all that sort of stuff. And the fact Big Daddy keeps coming out to fill cars with petrol because that's what he used to do. I like that idea. I like that the way those scenes are shot. But I, I, it may be more to do with his appearance. He's got this weird makeup on his face. Yes, absolutely. It looks like something out of Resident Evil, something that's been biologically created rather than he's just a, a corpse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do. I do. Yeah, and I think that puts me off. It, it, I know what Romero's trying to do. He's trying to evolve the zombies. Right, right. And yeah, I get that. I just, I don't think it's particularly done well. It just feels a little bit tacked on. 
Right, right. And the fact that he, you know he screams every so often, and the zombies follow him, and all this sort of stuff, <laughs> like this hive mentality. I'm like, oh, would a decaying brain evolve? I don't get that. I don't either, but you know, yeah, I, yeah. For me, it was yeah, okay, that's kind of odd and weird, but everything else going around it was so enjoyable for me. Yeah, that, those scenes of when the zombies come out of the water, though, being led by Big Daddy, that does look cool. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really great imagery in this film. Like I said, those opening scenes with them in, when the town's dark, but they're lighting up the sky with fireworks, and you can see like the old bandstand zombies there and all that sort of stuff. I love all that. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like when the zombies finally break into the high rise and are, are eating the people in the furs and the Armani suits. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. that was, uh, <laughs> but again, that's, that's well Romero, done. isn't it? That's Romero at his political best, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. I love all that. So yeah, I mean, I do like this film. It, it, to me, it's it's the popcorn film of the series. If I want to just put on a Romero zombie film, but I don't want to sit through two and a half hours of social commentary, like in Dawn of the Dead, you know, I'll put this on. Right. I'll happily sit and watch it any day of the week. I think it's a good zombie film, but okay, okay, it, just, it stops short of being the great zombie film that I wanted. Ah, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. What did you think of Dennis Hopper, by the way? Dennis Hopper was being Dennis Hopper, and that's never a bad thing. That's never a bad thing. I do like his interactions with Leguizamo are really good. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why, but I can picture them two in a sitcom together. (laughs) Where you've got Dennis Hopper as like this big boss of this company, and John Leguizamo is just his henchman. The copy boy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think that when they were together on screen, they, they did it really well. But um, interestingly, Dennis Hopper utters the word zombie in this film, which has never been mentioned so far in any of the other films. I did not pick up on that, really. Yeah, he says uh, something along the lines, I hate fucking zombies or something like that. That's the only time the word zombie is used. I'll be a son of a gun. Or the first time the word zombie is used, I should say. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But, um, yeah, I thought he was really great in this. He. He was that character. He was like Joe Pilato in the last film. He's that character. You know they're going to get it in the end. Maybe his death could have been a bit better. He wasn't as goofy as Pilato was in the last movie. No, no. I think I think Dennis Hopper brings a lot more gravitas, though. Than yes, yes. Joe Pilato's yeah. role was just to shout and swear until you wanted him to get pulled apart. Right. Dennis Hopper was the movie Speed. Forget about Keanu. Forget about Sandra Bullock. Yeah. yeah. Dennis Hopper was that movie. You know, unless not, unless I forget the other. Uh, films in the series didn't have any major stars in them. Correct. They were they were big genre stars like uh, you know Ken Free. Yeah, but he wasn't a genre star when he was in it. He became the genre star afterwards. I, I guess that's true too. They were relative yeah. unknowns, really. So Dennis yep. Hopper, you could say, is probably the first quote unquote star in any of these films. Aye, yep. I didn't think about that either, but yeah, yeah. Again, it's a studio film, so they they want a name to sell it <laughs> off, don't they? So right. <laughs> Dennis Hopper playing a crazed bad guy is never really a bad thing. No, exactly. There's always a set audience for that. So yeah, I just wish his death yep. had been a little bit more, um, a bit more fitting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He just got blown up. There for a while, I thought, okay, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, you know, have a good end, and then they just blew up. I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. Yeah. And uh, going back to the last time when we were talking about zombies using weapons. Yes. Tom Savini's little cameo. When he appears as Blades, the character he played in Dawn of the Dead. Yes, I noticed that. 
he's attacking people with a machete. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you think after twenty? Uh, well, by this point, it would have been sort of twenty-five years of wandering around as a zombie. He might have decayed a bit more, but he looked fairly healthy. <laughs> well, it's time to be. Exactly, exactly. But it was a nice little nod to the previous film. Yes. Have, have you ever met Tom Savini? No. I've heard, I've heard the stories. Just good or bad? I've heard the bad stories, and I've heard some good stories. Oh, my God, when I met him. Now, he's different He's different with fans than he is with other people. I, I will grant you that right off. Uh, yeah, I met him at a, at a con one time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the nicest, nicest guy ever. Yeah. Just super friendly. He, the thing with Tom, at least at this point in his life, is he loves the fans. Yeah. He has not a care in the world for anyone else. But if his fans want to talk to him and ask him questions, he is absolutely 100% there for you. Yeah. When I, when I, when I went to the panel discussion he held, it was just him and a moderator. And at one point he told the moderator, I really don't want to listen to you. I don't care what you have to say. I, I want to hear what the, you know, people who came to see and talk about what I do. I want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, I could tell where if you're, uh, you know, possibly a, a, a movie, uh, on the inside, as it were, or you're, you know, running a con. Yeah. I bet he could be a real horse's ass. But to the fans, when I went to, went up and got a picture with him and talked to him and stuff, absolutely just a pleasant person. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, he's one of those guys I'd love to meet him because I've been a fan of his for, you know, most of my life, really, all these films that I grew up on. Yep. He's, he's attached to in some way. So, yeah, it'd be really cool to uh, to meet him. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, but you, you, oh, yeah, he would, he would, you would find him very nice, very yeah. enjoyable. He's, I'd have he, to approach he, him as a fan, though, rather than, uh, you know, a professional, shall we say. Yes, absolutely. Professional? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you could really tell because when his fans are around, nicest guy in the world. But the minute anybody who wasn't there um, as a guest just to, to listen to him and, and talk to him about what he does. And because he's got a super passion for it. I don't care what anybody says about him. That man is passionate about movies, horror movies mm. and his craft. Oh, my God. He is passionate about his craft. Yeah, I've met a couple of musicians in uh, in famous bands like that. You know, they they'll speak to the industry people like shit, but they'll love their fans. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I get. Oh, we both know we've seen the disorganisation that goes on behind the scenes as well. So it's not surprising that it's frustrating <laughs> a lot of the time. I'd get mad at me too. Yeah, well, I got pretty mad at some of them, and I wasn't. I was there as a punter. So there you go. I know. Oh, trust me. Don't get me going on my debacle with a certain big-name musician. Oh, God. <laughs> is that the... Uh, have you told me that one? Or is that you and Soulfly? Or am I thinking of something else? Yes. Oh, it is that one? Because yes. I interviewed that man as well. The the big honcho or the other folks? I was down to interview the big honcho, and I ended up with one of the other folks. Yeah. Yeah, that, same that, thing that, you that, happened. That, that, yeah, I bet you didn't drive four hours like I did. No, I drove for about an hour to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I drove four hours. And, and hey, hmm. the people I talked to, the people I met were absolutely wonderful. They were so nice. They took time. They were great people. I got to meet the drummer, David, and hmm. Tony, and Mark. They were great guys. I, yeah. could, 
I could not say enough nice about them. They they were just absolutely great people to just talk to. But you know that was not why I drove four hours. I hate to say it. Yeah, because I drove to Wolverhampton to see them, and I was told that I was interviewing Max Cavalera. Yep. And so ninety percent of my questions were Max Cavalera centric questions. Yes. And then when I got there, I in, I was told I'm interviewing Mark Rizzo. Yep. <laughs> and I was like. So I had to think on my feet and just throw, try and reword some of these questions. Or, and uh, he was trying to rehearse, and he, you could see he wasn't uh, in the mood. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I caught, I caught Mark. He was nice. Don't get me wrong. He was nice, but yeah. No, 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 no. I, I actually got, I, I caught him before he started into his show mode. He was, you know, they were. Uh, I caught him right before lunch, so yeah. he hadn't touched a guitar yet or anything. So yeah, it was, it was again really, really pleasant guys. No, not what you were there for. Not what I was led to believe. No, yeah, yeah. I had this, yeah, it's funny that we both had the same experience. Were you writing yeah. for Tinas then as well? Yes. Ah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. so was I. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's right, there we go. Same, exact, same situation, just on different continents. Bloody hell. Yep, yeah. Well, you know, some people, I guess, are just too big for their brickers, as we say. Well, you've never experienced proper British life until you've interviewed the guitarist from an international metal band on the streets of Wolverhampton. I was literally on the streets because there was no spare rooms in the venue, so we had to go outside. And this was um sort of tea time on Wolverhampton, so there were lots of teenagers and kids hanging around the streets. And there's me with my microphone trying to interview Mark Rizzo. <laughs> All these people drove over. Oh, fucking look at him, look at him, fucking twat. Who's he thinking fucking is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that's awesome. It was. That's awesome. I've actually still got the audio somewhere. You can just hear people in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> uh, Tom, Tom Savini and Land of the Dead. And So what'd you give it for a score? Um, I give this a four. Okay. It's a solid four Tom Savini machetes to the head. But the, the way you talked, I would have guessed three or two and a half yeah it's, it's i do like it and i'm a bit conflicted with it there's the sort of critic bit of my brain that goes well i don't like this i don't like that they didn't do this and then there's the sort of fanboy side of my brain that says well it is a george romero zombie film and it is entertaining it's never boring so yeah i am but i think overall i'm giving it a four because it still beats the shit out of a hell load more zombie films. Agreed. And I think the the criticisms of it come from the fact that it's had three stone cold classics that come before it. And I think that's the problem with it. It's just, it's got a lot to live up to. And I think after a 20 year break, Romero doesn't white cut it, but what he comes out with is still entertainingly good fun. Let's be careful how you throw the word classic around for day. No, it's a classic. <laughs> <clears throat> I also gave this one a four. Okay, oh, yeah, that's good. Solid four for me. Great, yeah. great movie. I'm still shocked you gave it a four because of the way you talked. I would have had you at three, possibly a two and a half average. If I were reviewing it in a proper, in you know, proper f- film critic mode or whatever you want to call it, I would start picking it apart. But I've also got to base the fact of how it makes me feel once I've watched it, and I still enjoy yes. it. Yep, gotcha. That makes sense. I would rather watch this than than Shaun of the Dead 
I'm not a fan of Shaun of the Dead, but we'll get into that. Really? How come? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more to do with how it's perceived by other people than what it actually is. I just think it's overrated. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. I got you. And it's on telly every bloody week here. Well, about it over. They just show it all the time. I'm just going to say it's Simon Pegg. You're just screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll get into that another time. But, um, yeah. I still think it's highly enjoyable. It beats the shit out of near enough every other modern zombie film, certainly of the 21st century. Not to give anything away about next week, but I think a good companion piece is the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's not uh, give anything away. Let's not give anything away, but I think tonally and the way that they look and the way they're presented, I think they're both very similar films. They're both, I'll use your word, glossy. Yeah. Studio movies. Studio pictures. Yeah, and I think say in a certain way it helps because they do look good on a big HD screen. Yep. In other ways, it is detrimental because it doesn't quite fit with what we've had before. But again, I come away from it. I always enjoy watching it when it's on. And, you know, and I'll probably watch it every couple of years and still enjoy it. And I say I can put it on if I have, I'm not in the mood for Dawn of the Dead or I'm not in the mood for Day of the Dead. This is the one I'll put on just for a ah, quick, okay. quick quick fix of Romero zombie. Gotcha, gotcha. There we go. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Let's see where we go next. That's right. Next up is what? Diary of the Dead. From 2007. Let's play the trailer. News agencies are reporting accounts of the dead returning to life. <laughs> What's that? What was that? You can't talk about it. What is this about, Jason? Oh. This turns out to be a big thing. I just want to record it. Look. Looks hurt. He's all burned up. The problem doesn't seem to be that people are waking up dead. The dead people are waking up. It's not going down! Shoot in the head! No, no, please! They're not getting the truth from anybody else. All that news is a pack of lies. I'm dealing with this crisis. Now. You gotta know that this might be bad. I'm trying to get home to my family, okay? Don't bury them. Shoot in the head. People start running out of food, water, gas. They're gonna start shooting at each other. Trust somebody. What would you do? Kill us? I think about it. Maybe one of them got in already. You're saying they're all dead. Yes. There's a hospital. There's nobody here. It's a diary of cruelty. Come on. Before we get our asses shot off. I can't do this anymore. Every time we walk in somewhere, somebody dies. Right then. Diary of the Dead, 2007, directed by George A. Romero. Starring Michelle Morgan, Josh Close, Sean Roberts, Joe Dinicol, Scott Wentworth, Chris Violet, and lots of other people I've never heard of. Right. <laughs> a group of young film students run into real-life zombies while filming a horror movie of their own. Which is basically it, isn't it? Yep, that about covers it. Okay, this was a first time watch for you because you thought you'd seen it before, but you were mistaking it with the Zombie Diaries. Yes. 
I have seen the Zombie Diaries once, and um, that's about as many times as I want to watch it. That is correct. Very boring film, if I remember correctly. Oh, well, yeah, it's, yeah. I've got the sequel somewhere. I've never watched it. They made a sequel? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because they could. Jeez, oh, please. One was enough. And I mean, you know me. I love found footage movies, but one of those was enough. Yeah, that is a real definition of a film of an hour and a half you won't get back. Yes. Absolutely is. Felt fucking longer, didn't it? <laughs> yep, yep. The only redeeming factor is it didn't have an outhouse in it. <laughs> Chris, an outhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> an outhouse. Anyways, right. I still can't. I still can't get over that. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. We'll talk about Diary of the Dead. Diary of the Dead. Yep, I saw this in cinemas. You did? Okay. Like I said earlier on, I think this is the one I sat in. There was only me in there. So how was the found footage aspect on the big screen? Did it help or hurt? Neither. I didn't. I don't remember paying that much attention to it in that terms. Really, it was just sort of okay. I knew what it was going to be going in, and okay. I'm not one. Of, I'm not one of these people who sort of goes, "Oh, I'm not watching those. They make me feel sick." It's just, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so I come out of Diary of the Dead in 2007, and I had an opinion then. I've got an opinion now. They're not vastly different. Okay. You know my feelings on found footage? Yes. You also know that when we've spoken about found footage in the past, this is one of the ones I'll bring up as one of the ones that I'll watch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I actually quite like Diary of the Dead. Really? Well, let me let me be a bit more specific. I like it more than I probably would have done if it was made by somebody else. Okay, okay, okay. So you still have that nostalgic George Romero hook for you yeah, personally? Yeah, Okay. And a, a bit like with Land, if this was made by somebody else, maybe it would be better. Maybe it wouldn't be better, I don't know. I've got problems with it. Uh, a lot of people have got problems with it. This is the point in the series where people went, George Romero's losing it. <laughs> I could... I could see where people would say that, yes. Well, yeah, interestingly, though, I've watched this about five or six times over the past ten years. Okay. I've got it on DVD and I've got it on Blu-ray. Okay. And the last time I watched it was about three years ago, and I sort of, my feelings of it went down. I was like, no, it's really not very good, is it? <laughs> I watched it again last week, and I was quite surprised how well it's aged. Interesting. I think a lot of the complaints, there are two major complaints of this film which you will see, you've only got to type this film into any search engine and you'll get the people's comments that the acting and the characters are shit and that George Romero is out of touch. He's hammering home the whole YouTube thing way too heavily. Um, on the first point, with the actors and the characters, yes, they are shit. This is badly written Romero yes. characters. It, it, yes, and they, 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 they change. At one point, they appear to be geniuses. At the next point, they appear to be the dumbest box of rocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other point about Romero being heavy-handed with the whole technology thing, I think he's what's the word? I don't want to say he was he foresaw lots of things, but I think the way I thought he was, I thought he was spot on on that aspect yeah. myself. And I think at the time I can understand people going, well, he, he keeps mentioning YouTube and uploading and downloading, and he sounds like he doesn't really know what he's talking about. And then you watch it now and you think he's actually pretty spot on with the way people are on the internet. And yes. the way everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got a critique. And if it's not on camera, then it didn't happen. And 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 think about it. Mm. It's a it's a group of film students and YouTube for the start of the movie. YouTube was where they they would watch 
other shorts and probably upload their own shorts. I mean, it, it fit right in with the characters. What you would expect the characters to do, to be honest. And YouTube was a very different thing back then than what it is now. Yes, yes. And again, the internet, everybody's got an opinion, everybody's got a voice. And yep. I think Romero, maybe, I may be giving it too much credit, but I think maybe he looked at YouTube and the internet and things like that back then and saw where it was going to go. And here we are in 2017 with the world in the state that it's in, everybody filming everything, everything on camera. Yep. You know, yep. you could yep. walk out into the street now and watch somebody getting beaten up and there'll be a group of three or four people filming it. They won't stop and help. No, no, why do that? I want to film it. Yeah. That's very much everyday life now. And the way that people's attitude is towards things, towards other people in yep. in crisis. And obviously, we've had our own things over here recently with the, the Grenfell fire and lots of other things. And you see that spirit in people where they come yes. out and they help and they want to do this and they want to do that. But there is always going to be that contingent of people who are at the back just filming it, wanting bad yep. things to happen, not wanting to be a part of being being a part of the problem and not being a part of the solution. Yeah, it's some weird voyeuristic kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think on that level, I think Diary of the Dead stands up probably better now than it did in 2007. Yes, yes. And I, I would actually you know, disagree with people on, on that aspect. I thought that part of it was really good. There's a, I, I know I've talked about it before, but there's a, a, a series of three books. It's called the if I can get this with my face, the News Flesh Trilogy. Yes. God help me. Written by Mira Grant. And in there, the central part of the book is that everybody reveres George Romero as a prophet and a savior uh, because of his work he did on in zombie movies. Yeah. You know, it just it, it was a goofy thing, but it was uh it was, you know, you kinda sometimes you kinda get that about some of his movies and the points in his movies. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a weird one. I think over time it's proven to be, um, I wouldn't say prophetic, but certainly uh, it doesn't feel as heavy-handed as it did back then. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, let's put this in context with the series. This is not a sequel. Land of the Dead was a sequel to Day of the Dead. Yes. The events in this film are supposedly happening at the same time as Night of the Living Dead. This is the beginning of the outbreak. Okay. Obviously, Night of the Living Dead was filmed in the 60s. And this was filmed in the 2000s, so, but right, you, right. you've got to use a little bit of artistic license here. Of course. So yeah, this is the outbreak. So we've got characters who don't know what, what's going on. They can't get any news from the TV and the radio and all this sort of stuff. But I think it's, it's a tough one. I think Romero's trying to tap into what he did with Night of the Living Dead, but it just feels so badly written. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The characters are put, aren't particularly fleshed out characters. There's no, nobody like Ben, who was in Night of the Living Dead. Right, right. Or Harry, or any of those guys. You actually don't care if they live or die. No. The lead girl in here, Deborah, I think the character's name, is played by Michelle Morgan. I think she's horrible. I think she's a horrible character. You're supposed to root for her as the main heroine, but I really didn't give a shit. Yep, exactly. She just strikes me as bad-tempered and downbeat and... Not especially well acted. Same as the male figures in this film. Uh, what's the guy, main guy's name? Uh, Jason Creed is the guy who's filming the whole thing. Right. He's just an ass. He, he's that arsehole character who has to film everything or it doesn't happen. Yes. But the worst character in this is the teacher. <laughs> and I'm not going to blame the actor completely. 
I think the lines that he was given weren't particularly good. And I can imagine that Romero said to him, oh, you know, ham it up like an English thespian. And he does. And it's just fucking terrible. He, he actually, I hate to say this, but he was my favorite character. But I know the lines and all that yeah. stuff were terrible. But I liked, I liked, let's put it this way. I liked the idea of that character. Yeah, and I think out of all of them, he was the only one that was, quote unquote, a character. Yes. The rest of them were just, you could slot anybody into those roles and it wouldn't really yes. matter. They yes. were there to be done away with. Uh, yeah, right. he was the only character. He just happened to be badly written and not especially well acted. But yeah, he's the standout because he was a character, I guess. Yes, yes. But yeah, the gore in this is very CGI heavy, more CGI than it was in Land of the Dead. Which is disappointing. Um, but Romero was really doing, gone back to his roots with the guerrilla filmmaking style in this one. He didn't have a budget. So right, right. It, it was done cheaply. So I get that. Again, I think it, it's not a studio film. It's not as glossy as Land of the Dead, but it is quite a good looking film for a found footage film. And I think that maybe hinders it a little bit. I think if it had been a little more grimy, a little bit more gritty, the effects wouldn't have looked quite so bad. Right, right, understand. Yeah, if you'd filmed it with the same film stock as Day of the Dead, it would have looked a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I think. What, what, what did you think of the ending? What, the scene with the zombie hanging and they shoot it? That bit? Uh, or do you mean, no, the, I mean the ending of the story in general? Yeah, the ending of the story in general. Well, yeah, it was always going to end like that, wasn't it? You know, it was, it was the cannibal holocaust, who were the real zombies, us or them type thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was that type of thing. I'd... I can't see any other way of ending because this this is the outbreak, so we know there's going to be more to come. I, I guess more specifically, I, I I found the whole mansion, their rich friend that turned into a zombie chasing oh, yeah. around. I, I found that extraordinarily tedious. It went a bit Resident Evil, didn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, it did, and I, it was unnecessary. It, it, I think it might have been more effective have had they came in. Realized their friend was a zombie, shot him in the head, waited it out two days, and as the zombies came in, there's the group going into the panic room, and that's mm. you know, I yeah. thought it really, I thought it really detracted, you know, from the movie. I think maybe they stretched it out a bit so they could make the use of the security cameras around the building and feed it into the found footage thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah, they could have done that too, but they could have sped it up a little bit, a little editing maybe, I don't know what, but it, I just found yeah. that whole thing just so tedious, I'm like, oh, really? Okay, come on, guys. I think part of the problem is the fact that George Romero films have always been a bit long-winded, and I think in sometimes that works, like with Dawn of the Dead, right? where you've got a good story, you've got good characters, and you can make these things longer than they really would be in the hands of anybody else. Right. Because you're invested. And I think in 2007, when this came out, you're playing to a different audience. You're playing to a younger audience who want that quick fix. It's that YouTube generation thing. We want a clip. Yep. yep. We want to watch 10 clips of zombie attacks rather than one film with three or four decent attacks in. Right, right. And I think that is maybe the biggest problem with the whole thing. Yeah. But, But otherwise, I actually, like I said, I found Diary of the Dead, say it's aged well. Considering, and I know a lot of people hate it, and a lot of people think it's the worst thing Romero's ever done. I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't think it is either. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I guess what's going, we're going next then. 
And I think if you're one of these people who saw it when it came out and you said, right, that's it, I'm done with Romero, I would suggest go and watch it again. Yes. Watch it again and pay attention to a lot of the little details because I think it's aged rather well, but it is very problematic. You know, as as a first-time watch, I really liked it. I liked it through through the movie until we get to that tedious mansion scene that I'm just like, okay, I want it to be over. Yeah, I think he'd maybe run out of ideas and was just padding it out to the end. Yep. But, you know, other than that, I I found it a perfectly enjoyable film. Yeah. say I've watched it half a dozen times in the past ten years or so, and I've never hated it. And just by my comments earlier, I didn't find the whole YouTube thing heavy-handed or ham-handed or over-the-top. I thought it fits perfectly within today's society and probably did within, you know, when they came out in 2007. I once heard somebody describe it as your granddad trying to explain the Internet to you. No, no, no. And I think, no, it's not that. No. I can see why people would think that. But like I said, the way that people are now generally in society, I don't think Romero was out of touch at all. I think he was pretty much bang on the money. Well, I mean, the word upload is common in everyday lexicon, so we can't, you know, they can't make a case there. And if we were just to interchange the word YouTube with social media, Mm. it'd be the same thing. I mean, they're using YouTube because that was the big upload site in the beginning. Yeah. But now it's upload everywhere so now they use social media but yeah no, no and it's back not. then youtube was you know clips of cats falling over and things like that bands right and festivals and things now anything's on youtube everything people getting beaten up and right. whatever it's all on youtube yeah exactly so yeah there we go so what's your rating for this one then i gave it a solid three fucking hell do you know what i gave it if you say five i'm gonna fall off my chair oh, fuck off uh, i gave it a three as well Oh, wow. Okay. Bloody hell. I know kidding. There you go. Yeah. Like I said, if you've, you didn't like it when you saw it years ago, go back to it and watch it again with a fresh I, I, pair of yes, eyes. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying so. it's groundbreaking. I'm not saying it's brilliant, but I think it may be better than you remember it. Yep, yep. Right then. Should we move on to the next one? Uh, Yes. Last time anyone counted, 53 million people were dying every year, 150,000 every day, 107 every minute. It had become an us versus them world. All we were looking for was a place where there was no them. Lousy times make lousy people. All the wrong people are dying. This island needs to be rid of them. We like it here. We think the best way of seeing this through is here. We don't want no place. We want some place. Like where? Like an island. It's an island off the coast of Delaware. Come on over. (laughs) Only families ever lived on this island were yours and mine. No strangers. What are you gonna do with them? They're Muldoons. It's up to me to save them. You can't save a person who's already dead. Somebody's gonna find a cure for this. A beautiful place to live. And to die.
Will one of you give me some more bullets for this gun? Survival of the Dead 2009, directed by George A. Romero, starring Alan Van Sprang, Joshua Peace, Eric Wolf, Sean Roberts, Scott Wentworth, Joshua Close, Kenneth Welsh, and Julian Richings. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, more people we don't know who they are. Right. <laughs> On an island off the coast of North America, local residents simultaneously fight a zombie epidemic while hoping for a cure to return their undead relatives back to their human state. That's right. Wow, that sounds like a good film. Yeah, the infamous Plum Island. Yeah. Would I be right in saying that Plum Island is the place they promised Hannibal Lecter could go? Yes. If he, if he cooperated in Silence of the Lambs. Yes, I thought it was. Yes, yes. Well, I didn't see him here. Uh, I, I wish I had. <laughs> oh, God. Right. This didn't get a wide theatrical release in the UK. I can... Okay. Um, I think the only time it was shown on a big screen, I think it got a Fright Fest showing, or one of the festivals, I may be wrong. Okay. In 2009. That was it. It didn't get a wide theatrical release, so I didn't see this until it hit DVD. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's weird, this one. I, I don't hate it, if I can say that. Yeah. I've watched it four or five times. I own it on Blu-ray because I own all the Romero films. I love the poster for it. I'm looking at the poster on my screen right now. I think that's great. Yeah, it is. Good artwork for sure. Yeah. I had hopes for it. I don't hate it, but I don't like it that much either. Yeah. Yeah. This is the weakest of the Romero zombie films. No, it's not. Is it not? No. Did you like this then? I I found it average. Okay. Again, Day of the Dead is the weakest for me. Really? Yes. What did you score Day of the Dead last time? I can't remember. Was it a three? No. No. Uh, I did. I scored it a 3.5. 3.5. Okay. You know, then I'm going to... Oh, we're going to disagree, aren't we? <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to correct one of my other statements then because I scored this one at 2.5. Okay. But now I don't know. I have to go back and change my other score. You can't. It's cast in stone now. For all eternity. Okay, Let, let's say this. Uh, wow, I scored that one. Scored all three of those movies a five. Did you know that? Which ones? Night, Dawn, and Day. I scored them all five. Yes, you did. I scored Day of the Dead a three point five. Okay. I will. I will say that I liked Diary better. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go back and ponder my scores, and I'm, when I come back next week. I'm in have a new set of scores. <laughs> no, I've I've had them carved into Mount Rushmore now. <sighs> Part of the Constitution. Wow. You can score a film higher than another film, but prefer the the lesser one. That is possible if you look at it on a technical level. I would I would prefer to watch Diary and Survival over Day any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Well, if anybody is up for a lynching, Myra lives in the U.S. <laughs> I have his address. Really? It is yes, it is um Amityville two all over again. What? I mean Day of the Dead is for me. I, I just don't I, I don't I just don't care for that one. 
I, I like Diary better than Day of the Dead, and I like Survival. As dumb as that movie is, better than Day of the Dead. Right. Let's get into Survival, then. What did you like about it? Um, I liked, I liked the stupid Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> <laughs> you like the fact that it's basically an episode of Bonanza with zombies? Um, yeah, but it was like, um, Scottish or English Bonanza people. Yes. I think, I think you'll find they were Irish. Irish, okay. I should have said United <laughs> Kingdom and covered myself. But well, yeah, even, then, e- even then you may not be correct. <laughs> so, oh, shit, I'm still not correct. Just say <laughs> Irish, that'll do. Yeah, Irish. Uh, who is it, the McDougals? And I don't remember what that <laughs> The <was>. McDougals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh, do you ever watch Father Ted? No. Do you know about, do you know about Father Ted? I do know about Father Ted. Yeah, every, every time anyone's, oh, Dougal, I just think of Dougal, the stupid priest. <laughs> you let Dougal do a funeral! Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I mean, it was stupid, it was goofy, but God help me, I liked it better than Day of the Dead. Right, I really don't know if I can carry on this podcast now. <laughs> I still like Rocky Four. <laughs> That's not gonna buy you out of this. <laughs> I you really... prefer Survival of the Dead to Day of the Dead? Yes. Uh, I found Day of the Dead just to be... Oh, I just don't even know. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> right. I know, I know my scores don't reflect it, but my personal taste, I would watch Diary and Survival over Day of the Dead any day. Right. Survival of the Dead. Now, I have a question. Go do on. Do you view it as a sequel or do you view it on the same timeline as Diary, which is a sequel to Night? Well, Diary isn't a sequel to Night. It's a, alongside. It's happening alongside I, I mean, Night. I mean, alongside Night. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Survival, technically, it's a sequel because one of the characters, main characters, is in Diary. Yes, correct. But I, I sort of view it as playing alongside Diary. When the events of that character, when he's on the island, if you imagine hopping over to the mainland, diary is happening at those moments. Okay. That's the way I see it. Fair play. That's, that was kind of the impression I was getting. Yeah. It's worth saying that the original plan for Diary of the Dead was a TV show and that George Romero was going to make, you know, a bit like a Walking Dead type thing. He was going to focus on different groups of people during the outbreaks. And that's sort of what survival of the dead is. That could have been good. Yeah. So yeah, survival. It picks up one a character from Diary of the Dead who was a soldier who um, uh, boarded the bus belonging to the main kids. It's yes. following him right after the event or alongside the events of Diary. Um, quite why we pick on that character, I don't know because he was hardly a main. I didn't watch Diary of the Dead and go, oh, I wonder what happens to that guy. No, no, me neither. He's literally in it for about thirty seconds in Diary. Matter of convenience, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Hey, George, Bob, Bob's available for the next three weeks. Good. He's got the lead. Let's go. Yeah. He's obviously available for the shoot, so they carried it on with him. So this character, he's a di- disillusioned soldier. He goes to this island where there's two warring Irish families. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, even I'm, as I'm saying it, I, I, I don't know. The Muldoons and the O'Flins. <laughs> McDougals. Where did I get McDougal from? Father Ted. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, that was so goofy. Oh jeez. So the main O'Flynn guy, played by Kenneth Welsh, um, he's got a face that I'm sure I know, but I can't think of anything else I've seen him in. 
Hang on, let's put him up here. He's in The Exorcism of Emily Rose, but I've seen him in something else, I'm sure. He's in The Void. Of course he is. Fuck it, hell. He's the main doctor in The Void. Uh, okay, okay. All right, I'm with you. I'm yes, with you. I see it now, yes. Yeah, he gets booted off the island uh, so that the uh, Muldoon family can sort of take it over, but he teams up with the soldier and they fight their way back, uh, but zombies have gotten on the island. Oh, but you're, think- you're, you're missing some classic parts. No, I'm not. You're, classic? You're, you're missing where the other family on the island thinks that it can train its relatives to be somewhat human again. Oh, well, I'm just getting to that. I'm just getting to that. <laughs> yeah. O'Flynn thinks that the zombies should be shot on sight yep. as soon as somebody's bitten. His rival, the Muldoon guy, <laughs> thinks that it's a disease and disease can be reversed and he can train people <laughs> to return to their human state. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. There you have the setup. Which is absolutely a nod to the, the Day of the Dead. And I yes, think. Yes, yes. For me, the fact that I viewed Survival of the Dead as a more goofy comedy almost kind of thing, where Day of the Dead, I thought they were trying to be way too serious about it. You said Day of the Dead was goofy before. Uh, The characters were goofy, but the material, they were trying to play deadpan straight. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you could say this is a a retelling of that sort of soldiers versus military thing. Yeah, it is in a way. I don't think this is a shit film. I still think that this is more fun than a lot of no-budget, straight-to-DVD CGI zombie fest that we've had over the past few years. Right, right. There are parts where it feels like a Romero film, and that's sort of good enough for me. There's some good imagery. I like the image of the zombie girl on the horse. Yes, yes. I know some people don't like that. I thought it was quite effective. I thought it looked quite cool. At least they weren't talking about white horses. No, we didn't go down the Rob Zombie route. (laughs) I don't know. This is basically Father Ted with zombies. (laughs) Oh. I can put this on and put it in the background and just sit there and tap on my phone and look up every so often. Oh, yeah, there's a zombie there. Yeah, go back to your phone, look up again. And it's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's fine. But I want more than that from George Romero. <laughs> I could never in good stead watch the original trilogy and then bring a group of friends around who've never seen any George Romero zombie films. Go, hey guys, you'll love this. Watch the original trilogy and go, guess what he did next? And then put this on. <laughs> I, I couldn't do that. Again, oh, God. if this was a George Romero produced film and somebody else was writing and directing, maybe it would be a little bit higher in my estimation. Right. The fact that George Romero wrote and directed it, it just, it feels cheap. Well, it is. It is cheap. It, yeah, but <laughs> it feels and looks cheap where the others, they were, but at least they had a bit of quality to them, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. like I said, the parts that feel very Romero in this work, but for the main part, I don't know, the characters are horrible. I quite like Kenneth Welsh's character of O'Flynn. I think he was quite funny. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, I didn't like the other guy, oh, yeah. guy who plays Muldoon. I didn't like the soldier <laughs> guy at all. I just didn't get that. Um, I quite like the other, the female soldier. I can't remember the actress's name. She's the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's in the Saw films as well. I can't remember her name. How, how goofy is it that, oh, look, there's a paddle boat. I'm just going to swim across the water here and get on the paddle boat, and we're going to fire that bad boy up today, sure enough. I mean, how, it, it's so stupid it's endearing to me 
if that yeah. makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, the actress, Athena Karkanis, her name is, the actress, yeah. She plays okay. one of the soldiers, yeah. I thought she was quite good. Yeah, I don't know. It's I can't hate it because it's a George Romero zombie film. I, I just I just found it... If this was a special feature on a big box set of Dawn of the Dead or something, <laughs> as an experimental film, then I'd be, I could forgive it. <laughs> the fact that he put this out as one of his main features... I don't think it's good enough. I don't think the story's strong enough. I don't care enough about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is, I, I don't know, I might call it over here, we have a term called kitschy. Have you ever heard that term? Yeah, yeah. Where it's so tacky that it's kind of charming in a way. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't say charming, but yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I thought, okay, uh, I like Diary. I'm going to hate this one, and I and I I didn't hate it. I found it entertaining. Okay. But you know, as far as filmmaking goes, there's whole lots of problems. <laughs> yeah, no. I I don't think the quality is there from, no. from Prime Romero. It, it feels no. slapdash. No. no. Say, so there's a couple of good shots, like the say the the zombie girl on the horse and things like that. You think, oh, that's Romero, but you can tell even in even in in Day of the Dead there was. There was care and craft and forethought in every scene that he did in that movie. Yeah. Now, well, Romero, I, I, Romero himself's always said that Day is his favorite. Survival, it's... It feels like an afterthought. Someone yeah, said to him, hey, George, make make another zombie film quick as you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It feels like a, a weekend project. It turned yeah. out well, yeah. but it's just not your best work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you scored it two and a half. Yeah, even though personally, I enjoyed watching this much more than Day of the Dead, but I would <sighs> certainly say that Day of the Dead as a film with the, the care that was put into it and the effects and, you know, top to bottom on the technical mm. side is yeah. uh, head and shoulders above survival. Okay, yeah, 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 I get what you say. All right. Um, Have I redeemed myself in some respect? Well, I'll let you off then. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, a bit like me with Land. Really, it's I enjoy it. Yes. But on yes. a technical level, it's not up there with the best. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you scored it two and a half. Do you want to know what I scored it? Four. <laughs> I'm. I just clicked onto my letterbox page now. I scored it two and a half. Has this ever happened? We scored the same on all three. Has this ever happened? I shall read you the blurb I put on Letterbox. I put, even the weakest Romero zombie film shits all over the rest of the direct-to-DVD zombie crap that constantly misses the point. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, I like this a little more than I did when I first saw it, and the Blu-ray does look pretty good. Yeah, it does look good, actually. But the acting is very poor, even by Romero zombie movie standards. Not sure if I prefer this to Diary, and neither hold a candle to the original trilogy, but it's not the total car crash it's often made out to be. Ah, that wasn't that I wrote that about three years ago. Yeah, that you are still right on right on point with that feeling. You have not changed. Yeah, I'm pretty much there. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll just put it on in the background and I'll look up every so often and go, yeah, okay. But I'll never dedicate an evening to sitting down and watching this like I would with Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, Dawn of the Dead is absolutely. I, I am. That's that is that's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. So that's the six Romero films then. Are we going to rank them or are we going to wait till we do the remakes next week? Let's wait till we do the remakes. Let's get all okay. sorts of fun in there. Yeah, that could be interesting then. Okay. Yes. So 
Overall thoughts on the second trilogy, then? I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, Chris. I liked them more than I thought I would. <laughs> I really, I really did. Um, I'm not the hugest zombie fan. Yeah, yeah, I know you're not, yeah. But I, I thought they were going to be worse than they were. Okay. Because yeah. all, all, all you hear, well, I shouldn't say that. And this is an overgeneralization and not everybody says this. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you often hear of the Romero arc that went from the ultimate high down to the shit pile. And yeah. I, and I think, I think that's not a fair characterization of these movies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're not Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not the shit pile that people, that I have heard people claim that they are. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he set such a high standard with that original trilogy. It's like the Star Wars films, you know, you've got the original yeah. trilogy, you're never going to compete with that again, no matter what you do. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I get that. And especially with, you know, the 1960s, Night of the Living Dead, you, you know, it's, and then you come up with that, that banger of a sequel, Dawn of the Dead. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's, yeah, you know, that's, it's, li- that's lightning striking twice, that is. Yes, yes, it's like Terminator and Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the rest of them are, are, yeah, they're not great, and some of them are better than others, but, you know, it, they're just not <laughs> at all where they were. Yeah, and it's weird that I think this trilogy has aged, like I said, aged surprisingly well. Yes. Usually with a lot of films, you can watch... And you can might like them or dislike them or whatever. And then 10 years later, you'll watch them again and go either go, oh, that's better than I thought or that's worse than I thought. And I right. think these three remained fairly consistent. I think they're still where they were back then. I so say I think Diary's aged a little better because of the technology aspect to it, yeah. which is unusual because usually films that are based on technology don't age well. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's quite pleasing. They're not as good as the original trilogy. They're never going to be in any way, shape, or form. But right, right. I think they've they've stood the test of time fairly well. You're going to be hard pressed when you have you know classic movies to beat them and yeah, and, you know you just yeah, and social climates change and the movie landscapes change and audiences yep. change and all that thing sort of thing goes yep. on. We know that. So yeah, interesting, interesting. So next time. We're going to look at the three main Romero remakes. Right. 1990's Night of the Living Dead, 2004's Dawn of the Dead, and 2008's Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead is a Steve Miner, correct? It is, yes. I think we're going to have fun with that one. And, yeah, I think we'll have fun with Dawn of the Dead. You haven't seen any any of these, have you, apart from Dawn? Uh, Correct. Okay. So that'll be interesting. Matter of fact, I didn't even know that they did a remake of Night of the Living Dead. Wow. Until you told me about it. Yep. No, I didn't. No okay. clue. There's actually quite a few remakes of Night of the Living Dead, which I'm sure I'll touch upon next week because I've got a few of them here. Oh, but, um, okay. But the main one that you and I will talk about is the Tom Savini directed one. The, the who directed one? Tom Savini. Ah, okay. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yep. There's a few others. There's Night of the Living Dead reanimation and Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Sid Haig in 3D and all this sort of other stuff which we'll mention. You can, if you can get hold of them, I'll be happy to discuss them with you. Okay. <laughs> there is, I actually have a, a Region 1 DVD of Night of the Living Dead 3D which has got Sid Haig on the front cover with a pitchfork. So how excited were you when you found out Sid Haig was going to be, when you found out he made a movie, a remake of Night of the Living Dead? I was ecstatic. You would not believe the erection I had for days and days and days. 
And then you watched the movie? And then I watched it. Okay. Uh, well, I'll <laughs> more of that next week. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's, that is the Chris Wheelhouse. Okay, we have one of his favorite characters, Sid Haig, at a zombie movie. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Well, never say that. Find out next time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, we got no feedback this week because everyone's bastard and they don't like us. That's right. Uh, I did put a call out if anybody had any feedback and nobody did, so I'm guessing nobody liked these three films very much. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what? In fairness, they should give them a try. Yeah, that's it. Like I said, if you haven't seen these films, give them a try. Yeah, absolutely. Don't go into them expecting Dawn of the Dead redone, but no, take, them for, take no. them for what they are. Yep, exactly. Okay. So, you know, interesting question, since we don't have feedback. Have you been listening to any new podcasts lately? Um, I've got a couple on my iPod, but I, haven't listened. I don't listen to as many as I used to because my work situation's changed. So... No, but I have been following um, Dunk on the podcast Under the Stairs doing his look at Hellraiser films. Yep, yep, me too. Which has been, I'm glad he agrees with me on Hellraiser 4. <laughs> I didn't know how he was going to go on that one, and uh, his his opinion was pretty much the same as mine, so that was uh, yeah. good to listen to. And he likes 5 as well, which is good. I quite like Hellraiser 5. I, I figured you'd be all over that one, like White Not Rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm... Um, I'm just looking forward to hearing what the Baz makes of the Texas Chainsaw remake. <laughs> I'm going to join the hell out of that, too. Oh, sorry. Talking about Texas Chainsaw, um, Fright Fest in the UK is showing the new Leatherface film this summer. Are they really? Are you, uh, you're going to go to Fright Fest this year? I am, but I don't think it's showing on the day that I'm there. Uh, I'm going, I'll be Fright Fest on the Saturday and Sunday, and I think they're showing it on the Friday. Oh. Which is a shame. But they yeah. are also showing the new Chucky film. Curse of, is okay. It Chucky? I can't remember what it's called now, but the new Chucky film. Cult of Chucky. Cult of Chucky, which is, uh, I think we'll be playing when I'm there. So I shall try and get to see that. They're also showing the new release of Return of the Living Dead 3, because that's getting a Blu-ray release not long okay. after. So that's been remastered. So I shall try and catch that. And they're also showing that Kane Hodder documentary as well. Ah, okay. So okay. hopefully I'll get, I'll be there for that as well. So, uh, we'll, uh, is Death House going to be showing there? I don't know. I haven't looked at the full schedule yet, so um, okay. I've just looked at the highlights. But, um, yeah, so if anyone's going to Fright Fest this summer and you want to come along and punch me in the face, then you can. I should be there on the Saturday and the Sunday, so get in touch. Very cool. I, I discovered a, a new a new podcast that yeah. I, I found inter- that I find entertaining. It is, believe it or not, another Scottish one, Scott and Leah versus Evil, that I'm okay. really, really enjoying. Um, what's their uh, their angle? Two Scottish dudes talking about horror movies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Scott and who? Uh, Scott and Liam versus Evil. Okay, I shall add that to my list. Right. Yes, I shall make a note of that. I shall give them a listen. Um, that's that's been the newest uh, horror one that I've uh, that I've added. Okay. Um. Oh, one for you then, maybe if you want to listen to the Smirsh Pod. No, I've never heard of that one. Smash Pod, um, it's covering all the James Bond films. No. Um, yeah, but he gets a special guest on every week to, uh, talk about them. I did try and apply to go on to talk about one of them, but, uh, somebody else got picked, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, they're very good. They come out every week. Somebody got picked over you to talk about Bard? I know. It's disgusting, isn't it? But yeah, download all of them, pay special attention to the Moonraker episode, because that is fucking brilliant. Well, I may have to have a word with John Rain. 
Okay. I, I'm not happy about this. You should have been picked. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yes, I am. Well, uh, Moonraker is um, it is it is one of the ones I enjoy the most from a nostalgic point of view. So I will definitely clue in on the Moonraker episode. Yeah, he gets um Al Murray, who's a uh, British comedian, on to talk with him on that one. So that's really good. Yeah, it's uh, the Spy Who Loved Me and uh, Moonraker are the first two that I saw in the theaters. And yeah. So I mean, they're very. Uh, I, I know Moonraker is just stupid. I, I see it. I know it, but I, I can't. But I love it. It's still one of my favorites. I know. I just can't get over that. I, I just love that stupid movie. When they started coming out on DVD, it was the first one I bought. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. Whenever I've bought a new box set of him, Moonraker's always the first one I go to. Yes. On yes. DVD and Blu-ray. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Smirsh Pod. That's cool. So, yeah. Give that a go. You'll like that one. Oh, God, yes, I will. I'll be in hot heaven. Cool. So there we go. I think that about wraps it up for this time, then. Yes, I think it does. I think it does. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so via email at ancientslumberpodcast at gmail.com, or you can catch us on Twitter at ancient underscore slumber. Next time, we will be talking about the three main Romero remakes and a few other little ones in between. So until then, I think it's time we say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bags. Money. Who's money? Watch out! Get down! Quick! Ours. Yes? Kaufman. I'm here. I just did something that I might not have done otherwise. <laughs>